Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kudzu Radio Hour, number 122. This podcast was recorded on Saturday, September 26, 2020. Our topic of discussion today is women rule. Yeah, we've known that for years, right, guys? Women rule. We're going to talk about bands that have at least one female in the band. Should be fun. The Kudzu Radio Hour is brought to you by that little old band from Los Angeles called the Boxmasters. They have a smoking hot new platter out called Light Rays, and it's already getting rave reviews around the world, and it hasn't even come out yet. (laughs) That's the truth. Uh, Light Rays features the hit singles Satellite Guy, Breathe Easy, Light Rays, and this week a brand new single called Learn to Be. In my opinion, it's the band's best album ever. The album will be released on CD, vinyl, and downloads very soon. And also mark your calendar for the summer of 2021. Next summer, the band is going to go on tour. I had to postpone it this year because of COVID. Of course, everybody did. But uh, going back out in the summer of 2021... Uh, in the United States and in Europe. So that's pretty cool. The band is chomping it to bit to play for you. That's for sure. They just love it. And we love hearing it. Uh, if you want to read more about the Boxmasters, the album, the tour, and everything else, go to theboxmasters.com. Theboxmasters. That's one word. Theboxmasters.com. And follow them on social media like Facebook and Instagram. Great band, folks. Kudzu Radio Hour also brought to you by our friends at Springer Mountain Farms. Fresh chicken responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. Ever. Get more information on their chicken or order online and have it delivered to your door. It's true. You can do it. Go to SpringerMountain.com. That's SpringerMTN.com. Not only is Springer Mountain Chicken healthier for you, it also tastes great. Sure does. If you haven't yet seen issue number 39 of Kudzu Magazine, well, it's out there, and it's free. Check it out. Uh, you can go to kudzumag.com, K-U-D-Z-O-O-M-A-G, kudzumag.com. Of course, I post it all over Facebook, too, but you can go directly to kudzumag and read any issue, the current one or any of the past ones. How about them apples? How about that? Kudzu39 with a cover story on the Great Dan Penn. And just all sorts of other great stuff. The, uh, the Georgia Thunderbolts interview. Uh, memorial for uh, Charlie Daniels. Lots and lots of stuff. I mean all sorts of reading in this uh, issue. And all free at kudzumag.com. That's right, babies. That is so true. Well, uh, I guess we're going to kick things off. I'm going to kind of keep with the theme uh today and play uh, uh play 
groups that may end up in somebody's top five of all time that have at least one female in the band. So to kick things off, uh, how about the Rosington Collins band with lead singer Dale Krantz at her very best on this song from their first album. The song is called Prime Time. We'll be back after the song uh, with the uh, guys and chat it up a bit. Thanks.
Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good way to kick off the program. Rosington Collins Band featuring Dale Krantz and the song Prime Time from their debut album. Folks, I want you to please uh, welcome some very special, special guys. It's a little-known fact that Gladys Knight had an entirely different set of backup singers to begin with. Please welcome the original Pips. That's right, Pips. Billy Eli, Patrick Beach, and Jim Hippill. Hey, Bob, how's everything in Sparkle City? It couldn't be much better, man. It's all good, all good. It could be, it could be better. We could all be there. You know, if you if you want to be a pip, I can give you some tips on being a pip. Now yeah. we did say pip, now, you, not you, pimp. You spelling it, man. You spelling it wrong. <laughs> He's a pimp. Uh, yeah. Okay. All that being said, uh, I did want to say that the um, the podcast is available on Apple iTunes Podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Yeah. And uh, if you have an Echo, Echo device, you can say, Alexa, please play the Kudzu Radio Hour on Apple Podcast, and it'll just start playing it. So it's pretty good. Uh, I was running a little bit behind today because I was so busy organizing my album collection chronologically and uh it just uh, <laughs> seemed like a good idea after watching high fidelity last night but anyway the uh, w- such a good movie such a good movie well we're going to do our uh, our recommendations uh a book a movie and a record so uh jim you want to kick it off you can oh Sure. Um, I've got a theme, and my theme is stuff that I heard about this week, kind of. Um, kind of. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of a weak theme, and I, I was just reading the paper and saw that earlier this week was Bruce Springsteen's birthday. I think he was turned 71. Patrick right. probably would, would know That's... exactly. That's right. Yeah. So of course, in, in celebration of Springsteen's birthday, my album is, uh, Brian Adams cuts like a knife. No, not, <laughs> not really. It is. It's, it's, Eddie it's, and the cruisers. it's my, it's my, it's no, it's a damn the torpedoes. No, it's uh, my, <laughs> my, my sentimental favorite Bruce Springsteen album, which is the river. And it was the first Bruce Springsteen album that I sat down and actually tried to get you know tried to 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 see what the fuss was about i mean i had born to run i had darkness i like both of those records but uh, the river came out i think i was 19 and that's kind of prime age to sit down with the record and really try to absorb it and uh, and then i saw him shortly after that on the river tour for the first time which was we i think we were in the 14th row center and it was pretty pretty incredible uh so so i i think the river has you know, it's a double album and, and, and people talk about how most double albums would be better as a single album. I'm not so sure that's true with the river. I was excited when the, the reissue recently came out because it had, it had the, uh, 
the the record that the river almost was called the ties that bind which was a single record there's but, a lot of great stuff on that but i i still think i i, I picked the river over that because there's some key songs on the river that weren't on that um is there is there is there some excess stuff on the river sure i mean you know it's got a lot of those just springsteen all-out rockers some of which work for me like cadillac ranch some of which don't work as well like ramrod but uh but i think that uh the ties that bind sherry darling uh out in the street uh the river of course point blank might be my favorite song on the on the record uh just lots of great stuff so so um you could also pick up you know uh cuts like a knife if you want to but my record is uh, uh the river uh, another thing that happened this week is the great gale sayers died oh, yeah. i saw that he was 77 right 77 years old you know great running back for first for the university of kansas uh you know, and having a football, great football player come from the University of Kansas might sound strange today, but uh, but he was. And then, of course, for the Chicago Bears. So my movie is Brian's Song, which is James Kahn, James Kahn, and Billy D. Williams. That was a that was a really uh, really good movie. It was a sure great was. movie, and it was a TV movie. It was a major. Yeah, 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 I knew that. Um, but you know, it's about the friendship between uh, Chicago Bears, two Chicago Bears running backs, Brian Piccolo, who was a white guy, and and Gail Sayers, who was black. And it's a, it's, you know, it's one of those, it's one of the greatest sports movies ever. And it's one of those movies that if you're a dude, it's okay to get a little weepy over. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's just a terrific movie. It really is, and it's, and it's kind of legendary. And and it's so one that's of the, one of the funniest scenes ever. Uh, and James James Conn pulled it off. Great, great comedic delivery when uh, in the part in the movie where they decided, you know, that that's in the sixties and civil rights is a thing, and and uh, and they're rooming together on the road, and 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 James Conn is Brian Piccolo is, uh, and I'm still getting hate mail because I'm because I'm. Uh, rooming with you and he goes listen to this letter and he reads out all his hateful stuff how, how can you room with one of those you know darkies and it's like yeah and you, why don't you go back and you know, crawl back under the rock you crawled out from under <laughs> and uh Gail Sarah says is that all and he goes nah the rest is just the usual love mom and all that <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I, I gotta say I gotta say uh spoiler alerts for anybody who hasn't seen it uh the 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 tragic ending to this story is james james Kahn's character gets killed at a toll booth on the new jersey turnpike yeah yeah that's a that's that's a that's a little bit different version but uh but but yeah it's 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 really a terrific movie and you know james Kahn and billy d williams were both you know fairly unknown at the time and of course they both became huge stars and justifiably huge, huge stars man. so it's yeah. a it's a it's a, you know it's like the movie's like 50 years old now which seems crazy but wow. uh, but anyway wow. uh uh, commemorates the life of of Gail Sayers and and Brian Piccolo. So that's my movie. I had, to, I had to stretch on the book because I thought, okay, I got two things. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say is today, as we're taping this, I just learned it a, a few minutes ago, is Brian Ferry's 75th birthday. And wow, someday I'm going to talk about Roxy Music and how much I love that band. But anyway, I didn't have enough time to do a Roxy Music instead of Springsteen. So anyway, here's here's for a book. I, I I had to look and see what kind of what had been published this week or any birthdays. And the only thing I came up with was 
F. Scott Fitzgerald was born on September 24th, 1896, which would make him today really freaking old if he weren't dead. Uh, like 120 something or anything. So my my book is The Great Gatsby. And the reason that my book is, one of the reasons that my book is The Great Gatsby is to remind myself that I need to read it again. I've read it twice. I read it in college. And, you know, while I, it just didn't sink into me like I thought it would, maybe I was too callow at the time. So I read it again about 10 years ago and it still didn't sink into me, uh, probably because I read it on a freaking airplane, which is probably not the best place to read something like The Great Gatsby. It's not a hard read. It's a classic, uh, you know, um, you know, a, a, a book about, you know, it's got everything that you should like in it. It's got, it's got booze, it's got sex, it's got death. It's got all kinds of great stuff in it. It's, it's, it's the, you know, the, the, the crumbling of the American dream and how shallow it can be. And, and it's got towns named West Egg and East Egg, which is just brilliant. But, um, but anyway, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's time for me to reread The Great Gatsby uh, because I feel like I should appreciate it more than, than I do. So that's, that's my book, stretching it to say, Happy birthday, F. Scott Fitzgerald. You'd be a hundred and let's see, let's do the math. Hundred twenty-four, I think. So anyway, those are my picks. Not very exciting, but there you go. And uh, pick up every Roxy Music album starting with the first. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm going to do that right after we finish. You show. should. Sure you should. You will. <laughs> sure you will. I also love Roxy Music, but. Uh, Anyway, Patrick, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, my record is hot off the presses. It's uh, not even out until next week. It is a new one by one of my uh, great punk rock heartthrobs, Bob Mould. He's got a new record coming out Tuesday called uh, Blue Hearts, and it is on fire. I managed to uh, to run through it a few times, and the guy is just on a roll. He's talking about what a mess America is with the pandemic and everything else. And uh, I'm, I, I tried to keep uh, the, the topic of today's show in mind and have female-centric things. The, ex, the exception is Bob Mould, but it's kind of okay because Bob Mould likes men. So uh, there is that. The record is Blue Hearts. And, yeah. and I'm sure in your mind there's logic in there somewhere. Right. So the record is the record is Blue Hearts by Bob Mould out next Tuesday or Wednesday. Just an explosive, explosive record. Better even than his last Sunshine Rock. Um, my book is also in keeping with our female centric theme, Girl in a Band by Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth. Turns out she's a wonderful writer. And it also turns out this tough, cool pose she had was just a pose it was armor to protect herself in this scene that was so heavily male centric you know you've got you've got a female bass player in one of the original noise rock bands and the one band along with nirvana who broke punk in 1991 she's got a big heart her voice sounds fierce and empathetic at the same time and when I was reading it, I felt like I was reading Patti Smith's first book. You just you finish it and you want to give her a hug. Girl in a Band by Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth. My movie is a DVD, and I checked on the New West website today, and it doesn't appear to be sale there, but you can find it for 
sale on the secondary market. And that is Drive-By Truckers live at the 40 Watt in 2004. The 40 Watt Club, of course, the legendary joint in Athens, Georgia, when Shauna Tucker was married to Jason Isbell and playing bass in the Drive-By Truckers. That is my favorite iteration of that band. So, Billy, I changed my mind since yesterday. They did make the list today. It is that is that is such a great show. It is. It's yeah, I just got the uh, I just got that on vinyl sent to me. Yeah, on review, live at man. forty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were they were touring for uh, for the Dirty South. Isbel had only made one record with them before Decoration Day, and it's just a killer set. It was recorded during uh, Heathen Homecoming, three nights. And you, you can tell you can tell the cuts are uh, from different nights because they're wearing different clothes, fortunately, so they don't smell. So if you can find it, and you can, you can find anything these days. Drive-by truckers live at the 40 watt, 2004, originally on New West. Yeah, that's coming. Like I say, they just sent the me the uh, multicolored vinyl pressing of that that they've got coming out in a couple of weeks. They're reissuing yeah. it, so being reissued on CD and um, and vinyl yeah really really so good anyway go ahead patrick that's my three what's going bob, on bob oh, okay. kim and drive-by truckers 40 watt oh that oh okay okay i didn't know you finished i'm sorry i can do it again if you want yeah please <laughs> uh, well i have a, i have a movie and a book well, I, don't have, I don't have an album. Just came to you, huh? No, I, it was a movie I actually watched a couple nights ago, and uh, it was uh, I don't even remember what year it came out. Gettysburg, the one that oh uh, yeah, Ted Turner produced, and yeah. uh, that you know seems kind of significant at the moment. <laughs> but you, you know, probably everybody that listens to our show has seen it as many times as I have. But if if you haven't seen it, you should go see it. It's uh I really like that it was it was based on uh the Killer Angels which was written by an actual historian. So all the backstories and all that all that stuff are uh the the, the backstories and the characters are all you know, pretty straight up factual. There's not, you know, they didn't do that Hollywood thing with it where, well, they needed George Custer to, you know, come galloping down the hill wearing buckskin. So they added that in, you know. Uh, and I don't know, it's just a pretty good story if you, uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing, so take a look. And my book, I, I thought, I thought of the man. I read this, I read this book when I was in eighth grade. I did a book report on it, and I, I, I wouldn't have thought of it except for uh, Jim's movie pick of uh, uh, Brian's song. And the movie is uh, the book is I'm Third, but uh, Gail Sayers' autobiography about about what it was like, you know, breaking into the NFL uh, in Georgia, George House's Chicago Bears at the time that he did and it was after brian piccolo had died and he uh he wrote the he wrote a book about their friendship and like i said i did a book report on it when i was in the eighth grade it's not particularly deep reading but it's you know uh for for an autobiographical telling of the story it yeah it's not bad it's to the point and you know almost certainly somebody ghosted it but uh 
But if you're, you know, Gail Sayers died this week, and if anybody that remembers him and doesn't know about that book, he talks a lot about his early life uh, when he played when he played at Kansas, and then going and playing for the for the Bears, and a lot about his friendship with uh, Brian Piccolo. So, and I don't have. I'm gonna give my album to Jim. Jim, you get to pick another album. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna pick the first Roxy Music album. Uh, there you go. All right. It's just called Roxy Music. Right. Didn't you pick that for your own album? Yeah, that was it, No, right? no, it was Cuts uh, Like a Knife. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was, uh, the, it, you didn't, oh, wait, you didn't spring, you didn't Springsteen for your album. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I brought that out, man, because I've always thought Springsteen is just so damn overrated, man. I just. Oh, bless your heart. You're stupid. No, I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm just poking it. It's the greatest. I rise, I rise in objection to mm -hmm. my good friend. From the great state of Massachusetts, Mr. Eli. <laughs> well, I, I want to comment uh, before I tell mine. I want to comment by saying that, yes, I love Roxy music. And yes, I love the River album means a lot to me as well. And um, you really hit the nail on the head when you were saying that uh, lots of the songs are just incredible. And some of them like Ramrod or... I don't know, not as not as good, but I mean, it can't be it can't be all perfect. I don't know, I guess, but that album meant a lot to me. And um, anyway, uh, and then uh, Gettysburg, you mentioned that that's a long ass movie. Good I movie just, though, man, great cast. I just recently watched that and Gods and Generals back to back. And I did not like that one as much. Me neither. Me neither. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, it's, um, good to go. it's good to get back to Gettysburg because we're getting ready to have another civil war. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, exactly. That's why I said that's, that's particularly significant at the moment. Yeah. That's that's good. I just uh, yeah, all right, I agree. Uh, I'll do mine. The uh, my movie I uh, just watched the other night on Netflix. It's just uh, premiered on Netflix. It's called The Devil All the Time. Uh, it's a, you know, takes place a lot in the sixties and the fifties. The only thing that bothered me was the constant time jumping, uh, back and forth all over the place. You almost need a scorecard to keep up with what time period they're showing, but right. still it was really well done. And a lot of great nostalgic scenery from the sixties and cars and stuff like that. But be warned that this is not a family film. Not at all. It blends religion with murder, violence, sex, all kinds of stuff. Among the actors is that guy Bill Skargard, who played Pennywise in the movie It, who has the freaky eyes. <laughs> he also hey, starred in the King's TV series Castle Rock, but bizarre dude. Uh, ever, there's so many people, actors in there, that many of which I've never heard of, but they did a great job. Uh, but like I was saying, uh, Bill Skargard, he's creepy all the time, even no, without monster up, makeup. Because I, I, I don't, I can't pull up who it is, so I gotta look him up. If you look up Stephen King's It, not the one with Tim Curry, but the next one, he's the star of that. Boy, you wouldn't uh, lie about his eyes being creepy. <laughs> yeah, he's freaky, man, freaky. 
You know, you know what? That, the the picture that that popped up, it looks like that. It looks like that. Uh, losers out back cover, man. He looks like Pat Beach, except he don't have two shiners. <laughs> oh wow! Well, yeah, I'm forwarding this to everybody. Oh good, uh, something to look forward to. My record is a relatively new album. Uh, it's called Bless Your Heart. And it's by the Almond Betts Band, which is uh, the sons of Almond Brothers, so to speak. Dwayne Betts, Devin Almond, and Barry Oakley Jr., and the rest of the guys. You can hear some Almond Brothers influence in the guitar work. And Dwayne Betts' voice sounds exactly like his dad, Dickie Betts. Exactly. But great songwriting. Songs like Ashes of My Lover's. Rivers Run, Pale Horse Rider. The first single was called Magnolia Road, and uh, in the tradition of Dickie Betts, his son turned in a great instrumental called Savannah's Dream that clocks in over 12 minutes. So, although they are adamant that they're not trying to be the Almond Brothers, there's a lot of comparisons that, you know, just cannot be denied. Um, but it's a great album. It's their second album and was recorded at Muscle Shoals Sound in uh, Muscle, Muscle Shoals. Shoals. <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be a heck of a place. Okay, from my book, I'll go to Texas. Um, it's a Kinky Friedman book. And I did not know when I interviewed him years ago. All I knew was his recordings. I didn't know. And I knew it was a had run for governor or whatever, or whatever it was. But uh, I didn't know he was such a writer. And I started reading his mystery novels and all, and they were really good. But this is not one of them. This is uh, another good book called Kinky Friedman's Guide to Texas Etiquette. Came out in 2001. Great Texas stories, including How the Texas Blue Bonnet Got Its Name. The story of the Yellow Rose of Texas, and there's a lot of history tossed in. Uh, there's a list of famous Texans. Fun facts about armadillos. Well, yeah. A kinky list, uh, a bunch of things you will never hear a real Texan say. Uh, you can imagine, like, the tires on that truck are way too big. You're watching football? Change the channel. Oprah's on. <laughs> and, of course, we don't keep firearms in this house. <laughs> yeah, right. All the things, uh, all things Lone Star State, uh, including how it came to be called the Lone Star State. He takes on Texas A&M football, Dr. Pepper, rich oil men, the Alamo, the state of its own that is Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. <laughs> which it basically right. is yeah yeah and uh all sorts of humor in kinky friedman's uh guide to texas etiquette i gotta i gotta jump in and say i confess i haven't read the book but one of the things you'll never hear a texan say is wait you're gonna smoke that brisket <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's right the, 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 
that's the book I believe uh, Buff where he he talks about the different uh, about the different driving habits of people from different parts in the state. Yeah, and he's got the Kerrville the Kerrville salute when when you drive by somebody from Kerrville and they got both hands on the wheel and they raise one finger. <laughs> We do that in and, Iowa too, on the yeah. country in Iowa. Well, in, in in Southeast Texas as well. But he's got another one, and I don't remember what part of the country it's from. It says, "You buy a used car, turn it out of the car lot to go home. You turn the right blinker on. Ten years later, that right blinker's still on." Wow. I tell you what, guys, uh, we're going to play a record before we go back into the second half of the program. Okay. The and, record um, are we gonna play? I I changed what I was gonna play simply because of Jim, because he got mm-hmm. me to thinking about the fact that this is uh, Brian. You say it's Brian's birthday, Brian Ferry's birthday, right? Yes. So in honor of the great Brian Ferry, I'm gonna go to one of my favorite Roxy albums called Avalon and uh, and play the uh, big hit that they had called More Than This. Just love, love. I don't know something about that entire album. I can just put it on and groove, you know. It's just laid back, you know. Just a great that album's really good. For, well, never mind. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> I've never done that say. and got the T-shirt with the two girls on it. Uh, anyway, uh, here's Roxy Music. We'll be right back.
Yes, yes, yes. In honor of Brian Ferry's birthday today, we played that track more than this from the great, great, great album called Avalon. And uh hope you guys enjoyed it. We're back and we're ready to talk about uh women rule. At first I was gonna call it chicks rule and then no, I got to thinking no, Oh no, you can't say chicks now. I mean you can but you can't. I don't even know if you can say women rule. Is that okay? Yeah, women rules. Okay. I think that's okay. I don't know what I can say anymore. In fact, I don't you know, know if I should just, even just, talk. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, just, yeah. Just don't <laughs> talk. Just, just don't. Just don't <laughs> say you did. Don't even what, say you what, did. Whatever you're about to say, don't say. Don't it. say. Just don't yeah, say whatever it. you're about to say. I, th- I think just don't, and then. Right whatever yeah. just don't no, do anything just, don't just, anything just, just, the don't, hand. Just, don't, you don't you don't even don't. say anything you just give them the hand just don't you better not give them the hand you better just shut up and keep moving you better just don't <laughs> just, Jim said, you better just don't okay but women rule that's our that's our today's list right yeah it is uh and, and it's it's bands that have uh prominent women members Although uh, we we said not solo artists, right? Right, uh, and they don't even have to be prominent women members. They just have to be women. <laughs> okay. Any any as long as they got a woman in the band, then they're okay, and, right. and not and not solo artists. So anyway, that being said, uh, Patrick. Yep, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, well, stop me if you've heard this one's name, Kim Gordon. From Sonic Youth, uh, she uh, she was a force on stage, and the handful of times that I got to see them, they were just a ferocious, ferocious live act. And she was imposing and scary, which, if you read her book, is not her character at all. Uh, Jim and I were lucky enough to see them play the second to last taping at the old Austin City Limits Music Festival, and they just blew the roof off. And uh, she held her own in a scene that, as I said before, was very, very, very male dominant. So Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth. Along those lines, Poison Ivy from The Cramps. She was great. Excellent you know, call, man. Probably, yeah. probably, the, call. probably the original Psycho Billy Band famously played a mental hospital <laughs> and uh and uh she was married to lux interior of course and uh may he rest um, in peace may he rest may in he peace, rest in peace. <laughs> so poison ivy from the cramps number three is i drove by her name before patty smith doesn't play an instrument she's a poet She's not much of a singer, but she's man, oh man. She's a hellaciously good poet. <laughs> yes, she's a hellaciously good poet. And uh, I hadn't listened to her records for years and years. And then I got her book, Just Kids, which is largely a book about her uh, relationship with Robert Maplethorpe when they That's were too poor great, to have two book. nickels, you know. Fantastic book. Yeah. Now, uh, this is not a solo artist because she's somebody, somebody in the Blackhearts. Joan Jett. <laughs> well, just like Patti Smith Group, right? That's... Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Man, I've only seen Joan Jett once, but I saw her open the who, open for the Who with my son. 
and you just think you were going to hear like two or three songs and it's like wow this was a hit and 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 she had easily enough time to play twice as long as she did she probably played for about 40 or 50 minutes and also she doc- was great man, yeah she's like a I was serious un- hard rocker man i mean she wasn't like a pop girl that was dressed up in black leather to look tough she was really that tough I, I was unprepared for the set her set to be so fantastic that was that was a terrific set had you seen her before jim no, no not no i saw her at a cheap trick show once but she was just hanging out with tom peterson uh-huh yeah i remember your story about that which turned yeah. out to be a big lie uh i did it's true i did see her at a cheap trick show with tom peterson in cedar rapids iowa in 1978 maybe okay so okay so that part of the story is true but That's there's correct. also a, there's a documentary film about joan jett and she just seems like a wonderful person who's been to hell and back with all this awful stuff the manager of the runaways did and how her back was up against Kim the Valley, wall. Really? Her, yeah. yeah wow, her. Kim, wow, really? Kim Fowley was unethical and something damn. You know what? Her, That's it. I'm I, I'm quitting music. I'm I'm gonna be a but her, her, <laughs> but her her back was up against the wall. She had to have a smash hit when they were making Bad Reputation, and she did. And she just seems like a wonderful person. She's a big animal rights activist. And uh, again, like Patti Smith, like Kim Gordon, you just learn a little bit more about her and you want to give her a hug. In Joan Jett's case, I want to have Joan Jett over for Thanksgiving, but she couldn't eat anything. So Billy, Sean is not going to make the list during her time in the truckers because I don't think she was instrumental, even though she was in the best iteration of the band. In her stead, I'm going to name Susan Tedeschi from the Tedeschi Trucks Band. That's a good choice, man. Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous singer. She's got maybe a teaspoon of honey in that whiskey voice. Her phrasing always reminds me a little bit of Bonnie Raitt, and she's got she's got her husband playing guitar like nobody else can, and uh, and she's a really, really great songwriter. So number five, and she looks great. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not that that matters, yeah. But man, she is fun to watch. I, yeah. I just love that band. They're a they're a hell of a live band. She says just amazing singer songwriter too mm-hmm. on her own right. I'm in. That's it. That's it. All right, Billy yeah. Eli. Yeah, I'm going. My list is going to be different, man. Because some of the and I actually pre did a list, man. I know that shocks everybody. Uh I picked things that were mostly either silly or I picked bands that uh, a couple of bands I picked weren't even bands I liked, but they, but they uh, had done things that were, that were, you know, kind of cool. And so anyway, but I'm going to start out with the sleep at the wheel and, and they had um, Cindy cash dollar playing the, uh, playing steel guitar. She didn't, it wasn't a pedal. It was just the steel guitar. And uh, I, I don't know how familiar you are with her stuff, uh, Buff. I, I know the other, I know Jim and Pat, and, you know, are aware of her because she lived in she lived in uh, Austin for a long time. And a couple of years ago, uh, me and Kevin Mall uh, had a gig opening for the Luster Kings over in Albany, and she was she was playing uh, she was sitting in playing still with them, and my. God, she is just so damn good. Man. She back in I mean, she back in she back in Woodstock. 
Yeah, yeah, she's 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 moved back to New York. I mean, you listen to her, and, and seriously, man, your brain, you have to like hold your brain to keep it from tumbling out of your head. She she's just yeah, she's just monstrously good, and uh, and I and uh, I don't know, that was a that was a really good uh, incarnation of of the will when she was in there, and they were. I don't know. They they were they were sounding fresh again, and and some that was um, a, a, those a, a lot of the stuff that she played with them was was some of my best, some of my most favorite stuff. Okay, moving right along, and uh, this one is not to be taken all that seriously, but Ruby Star when she played with Black Oak Arkansas. <laughs> That's good. And mostly what she did was queue up lines for uh Jim Danny Bangram. And uh and mostly I picked him because God I wish I had a pair of satin pants like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I mean I mean come on. Uh anyway. Uh the Graham Parsons uh in the Grievous Angels and Amy Lou Harris. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't. I'm not gonna elaborate on that much because everybody on the panel and everybody that listens to this show already knows, you know, the, my how I feel about all that country rock stuff, and especially that California country rock stuff. And they invented and were inventing as they went along a whole new genre that was that was. Uh, you know, done in a completely different way. Uh, number four, the Eurythmics, Annie Lennox. And again, I remember hearing that on the radio and that wasn't even the kind of music I liked. And I heard her voice and I was just like, oh my God, who is that? <laughs> I, you know, I went and, I went and, uh, I went and actually looked up who they were because I had no idea. And, and uh, Again, that was I don't I don't even I'm not even sure what genre they get sorted into a few different ones. It I've seen them described as like post new wave or whatever, but uh, but that, it was just yeah. I, I just, she she could always sing. She she uh, their their song selection was great, and so yeah, any Linux in the Eurythmics. And this next one is not any uh, not a band I'm a real fan of, but I used to see them on MTV a lot. Uh, the Divinals. And oh yeah, and they had what they were they were Australian and well, it was kind of punk pop new wave. Uh, uh, it kind of went for outrageousness, but it was but I mean but there was real stuff there. It wasn't just it wasn't just shock value. And that's my list. Cool. Well, I want to go back and say uh, briefly, uh, when you were talking about Ruby Starr as a backup singer for Black Oak, um, I don't know if you heard or not, but she had a couple of, she had her own band called Grey Ghost. Yeah. And they put out two albums that were pretty rocking. And uh, she showed everybody that she really, she was much more than just a backup singer. She really, really was good. As far well, as she was, uh, she was serious, she was also a, 
you know, I mean, she was more than a backup singer, even for Black Oak, Arkansas. I mean, she was kind of like a co-front person for the, yeah, you know, for the for the show part of it. I mean, her and the trade-off between her and Jim Danny Mangrum. I mean, that was that was kind of their thing, wasn't it? it? Was yeah, yeah. And I had seen uh, I had seen Black Oak, Arkansas, like four times because they were they came to Greenville all the time. And uh, but but uh, I heard you know as one would without internet. I heard got word that uh, yeah. she was Ruby was with them on the tour, uh, yeah seventy four I believe it was, and uh, I was I had just seen them six months earlier but I was going back mostly to see her, but the band that opened for them stole the show. It was a band called Kiss on their uh, first tour or their Hotter Than Hell tour. Uh, they. Uh, didn't have anything spectacular, just a confetti machine and lights off the top of fire trucks and suits. Their suits, uh, Peter's wife made out of vinyl. It looked like leather, but it was vinyl. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they put on such a show just with whatever they had that when Black Oak came out, after a second song, people started booing them. And uh, they, <laughs> Jim Dandy and all of them got so mad that they left after doing two songs and but nobody asked for their money back because they felt like they got their five dollars and fifty cents worth with the uh, with kiss i guess uh, and there was a band before kiss i can't remember i think james montgomery blues band or something blow up some more stuff breathe fire yeah do all that okay uh to my list which i had like i said i had a hard time but anyway Number five is all-girl band called Fanny from the 70s. Mm-hmm. They had two yeah, records that... in the top 40, did eight albums. Very highly skilled musicians. There's tons and tons of video of these ladies on YouTube. If anybody wants to check it out, just look up rock group Fanny or Fanny Music or whatever. Fanny Music. You got to be careful what you look for on the internet if you search for Fanny because you've got everything except the band. Right. Uh, if you can let your mind wander on that. Uh, right. Anyway, they were really good. And like I said, we were one of the first all female bands ever. And of course, they had an album, a really great album. They did, like I said, they did uh, uh, eight albums, but one of them that was one of my favorites, I can't recall the name of it, but Todd Rundgren produced it. And, uh, it was really cool. My number four uh, jumps back into my southern rock thing, I suppose, in a way. It's the uh, Rosington Collins band uh, that was formed from Leonard Skinner after the plane crash and uh, had most of the original band members. And then they brought in Dale Krantz, who was a backup singer for 38 Special. And she came in as the lead vocalist and showed everybody just what a great singer she really was. So they recorded two really great albums with her out front. And of course, as will happen, Gary Rosden and Alan Collins uh, started infighting with one another over the woman. And then Gary ended up marrying her. (laughs) And he's still married to her. But uh, they... Uh, after Rosting Collins, they went and formed the uh, Rosington Band, and uh, Allen started the Allen Collins Band. But neither one of them ever did nearly uh, 
what the success was of the Rothstein Collins band. So that's my four. Number three, some of these are just way too obvious, and I, I must apologize, but I have to say the Go-Go's are my number three, another all-girl group formed in L.A. in 78 as a punk Why band. Why not? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not? They started, uh, they started out as a punk band. I remember seeing early film clips of them. It was nothing like what the pop music they would end up doing, but... They're credited as one of the bands who helped to usher in the new wave that we remember. Their 1981 album Beauty and the Beat went to number one on the rock charts. And uh, they had hit singles like Our Lips Are Sealed, We Got the Beat, Vacation, and Head Over Hills. And just lots and lots of hits. Broke up in 1985 with all of the girls joining other bands. Belinda Carlisle, of course, went solo and did really well. What was, what was the first hit she had uh, when she, after she left them? Was it uh, uh, Heaven is a Place on Earth? Or, uh, I'm not sure of the title, but... That was I, it might, I think it is Heaven. I'm not sure, but I'm not positive. I just know she did really well with MTV. And um, I always thought that that song sounded like Belinda Carlisle with just like the Go-Go's playing behind her, but not credited. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. It kind of did. Uh, my number two is Talking Heads with Tina on the bass. How do you pronounce her name? Weymouth or Weymouth? Weymouth. And, and, you, and you know what, man? You could have spun off of that and 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 uh, named Tom Tom Club. Yeah, I love Tom Tom Club. It's it's pronounced Ismal. Pronounced what? <laughs> Ismal. Right. Oh, Isbel. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Jeez. Tina's name is pronounced Isbel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. David Byrne and all those cats and kittens. Tina on the bass recorded eight great albums. Three of the albums are listed in Rolling Stone's greatest albums of all time. And the band broke up in 1991. Of course, we all know that Tina and them had the Tom Tom Club, and David did a lot of solo stuff. But with uh, with Adrian Blue on the guitar, and when Adrian left, uh, damn, I'm blanking on his first name. Eric Casino's brother was a guitar player for them for about ten years for Tom Tom Club. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, my number one is another obvious, but I just had to. I mean, you know, I was going through, and I was like. You know, I wanted to pick Kathleen Turner Overdrive, but <laughs> no. Great name. Yeah, I just thought that was a great name. No, I wanted. I, thought, I looked at Runaways and Evanescence and Dixie Chicks because I like all of them. But I picked number one. I picked Blondie, Debbie Harry, another group that started out as a punk band in the '70s and later became a pop group, and uh, we all know the story. Uh, Broke up in 1982 after the album The Hunter. And um, Debbie went on solo. Of course, in 1997, the band reunited and had another chart hit with the song Maria, which went to number one exactly 20 years after their first number one with Heart of Glass. How ironic, don't you think? Uh, so that's it. My my uh, my list is Fanny, 
Rostin Collins, the Go-Go's, Talking Heads, and Blonde. And now, good list. Well, thank you. And now, and now, Jim Hippel. Jim the Hippel is going to give his favorite songs. I mean, and these all all great lists so far all fantastic lists and all had had folks that i'd put on my list too if i had like 20 and that and i, I, I it was this it was the same thing as buff i had a hard time narrowing it down and as i often do these are not my five favorite but they're five i think that are li- worth listening to and right. to help to help me narrow it down I, I made some additional rules for myself so if it if it was a band that just had a a female member who was a you know a a musician in the band like, like a bass player or drummer like or like a bass player or drummer I wasn't going to count on them so that's how Talking Heads ended up not getting on my list love Talking Heads and I also said made made a rule that if it was just a female front person um, they had you know if they weren't integral as integral as I would say a you know, someone who really drives the band is I didn't put them on my list and Blondie and X both came very, very close to making my list. And I decided I love Blondie and, and I love yeah. X and both, both, both Debbie Harry and X scene were, were, were key to those bands, but I just decided I'm going to set Blondie and X aside, but the band that made it just over the other side of that list for me uh, is the pretenders. I was gonna ask the what you were describing. I was I was about to say, yeah, Chrissy Hine actually played an instrument in her band. Well, the, 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 in addition to singing everything and writing everything, in addition to that first record being one of my five favorite debut albums of all time, and I, I think that first Pretenders record is just it is rock and roll. It is just a fantastic record. And I was I was reading an interview with or listening on YouTube to an interview with. Uh, the guitarist G.E. Smith, who I've mentioned before, is one of my favorite guys. And he's played with everyone. I mean, you know, he toured with with Dylan for years and years, and he toured with Hall & Oates for years and years. But he's done all these, you know, benefit shows where he's the band leader and, and something. And he said, I did a, a benefit show where Chrissy Hine came on and did a couple songs. And she said, she plugs in her Telecaster and starts playing, and your reaction is, let's go. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. She yeah, just, yeah, she was she was a real yeah participatory musician in the in that group. She just she just drove that group, and the 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 band she has together right now still has Martin Chambers on drums. Unfortunately, doesn't have Pete Farnan or James Honeyman Scott because they've ended up OD'd and dead. Because they uh, too much and died. But man, that first Pretenders record is really something. So they're my first. They're up on first list, and you know. I thought I should try to get something on this list that is kind of consistent with the roots of this show, which Southern rock and Americana and everything. And I apologize, but I didn't end up doing that. So anyway, my second act is much lesser known, but to me has a legitimate claim for being one of the best bands uh, in the world between say 1995 and 2005. And that's Slater Kinney. Slater yep. Kinney is uh, <laughs> three, three women from North, the Northwest part of the United States. Um, played kind of a yeah i mean it's it's punkish but not exactly uh two guitar players no bass player but they tuned way down so they had a real full sound uh and once uh janet weiss joined the the band on drums that just launched them their their 1997 record dig me out 
man, the first three songs on that are just incredible, incredible. Now, one of the things about Slater Kinney is that the primary lead vocalist, Corin Tucker, to, to call her voice an acquired taste is an understatement. Uh, it's she's got this crazy wavering vibrato. She's a fantastic singer. She's her her pitch is in, in, incredible, but she's got a very challenging tone. And then the other guitar player and singer, uh, Carrie Brownstein, is probably best known as one of the two main uh, characters in the series Portlandia with Fred Armisen. But okay. before that, she was in Slater Kenny, a, a great great band. Dig Me Out is one of my favorite records. It's just terrific my third choice is my Again, let me ask you yeah. something were you, were you sure. at that uh we were at that show down by north of san antonio where they opened for pearl jam i was not that was I, a great show i never got to see him back in the day but i saw him two nights in a row after uh, no cities to love which was their reunion album that came out a right. couple years ago i right. saw him, right i saw him tape their uh austin city limits show and then the next night they played Stubbs barbecue great mm -hmm. buddy night here but it was just incredible. Unfortunately, Janet Wise, who is a powerhouse drummer, she's also in Stephen Malkmus's band from from Pavement. Uh, she she left the band recently. Um, so, uh, but but my gosh, they were they were great. She's a fantastic drummer, regardless of gender. Okay, my next one is my commercial pick, and it's the Bangles. And yeah, I wondered if somebody was gonna pick. There's that a, one. there's a couple reasons I'm picking the Bangles. One is that their their debut album, All Over the Place, is probably their least known record, but in my view, it's their best record. It's it is just absolutely a terrific uh, a record all the way through. The, the, the another reason is I saw them when they're right when they were starting to hit big with different light. And uh, they were a darn fine live band. I mean, they could, those harmonies live were incredible. And none of them were great players, but they were good enough, you know? They were good, they were good ensemble, and, man. And they, ah. they, yeah, they sounded, they sounded great together. And, and the last reason is I think Susanna Hoffs is extremely underrated as a musician. I mean, you know, people say, well, she's, she's good looking and all that, but she is a, she is serious. Uh, a musician, a serious listener. She has great taste in music. I interviewed Michael Steele, who was the bass player in the Bangles once, and was trying to get her to talk about Big Star because they covered uh, September Girls September on different lights. Yeah. And and she said, "Oh, that was Sue. You know, Sue is a Big Star fan. I, I really wasn't mm -hmm. that familiar with it. Uh, she's she did three great covers records, uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s covers uh, with Matthew Sweet." terrific records uh you know she's just she's she's the real deal she is the real deal the next band deserves to be introduced as they have been since the uh since the 80s and that is ladies and gentlemen the, the revolution <laughs> the revolution the revolution bravo, bravo. uh you know what an excellent choice! It, it, Austin City Limits Festival a couple of years ago put out their put out their acts, and I'm reading through it, and I see it says the Revolution, and I said I cannot believe some band had the guts to name themselves the Revolution because the Revolution was was Prince's band, and it turns out it was them. Uh, and I, I said the, the Revolution. It's Wendy and Lisa and Brown Mark and Bobby Z and Doctor Fink. That's and it it was them. 
and they were incredible. And I know that, you know, Prince was kind of a control freak and, and saying that, well, you know, you're picking a band that had two women in it, but they, they were just, you know, following what Prince did, but, but, but they were the real deal as well. And the fact that they've carried on Prince's legacy by going out and touring, uh, I think is fantastic. And, and, and the fact that they could do what Prince told them to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ter yeah. Terrific, terrific, terrific musicians. And nobody could play the intro to Purple Rain like Wendy. I mean, Prince couldn't do it. Wendy just had that touch for playing that kind of thing. And that's her on the record playing that intro. And it's just... I got... Pat, I think Patrick's I got, trying to say something, but he froze up. I got a full, full-throated second on that. That show at ACL was absolutely fantastic. You didn't even miss the little guy. Every good. That wasn't a mistake. They're fantastic musicians, and they haven't lost a step. Yeah, and and they wouldn't they wouldn't be what they were without Wendy and Lisa. And the other the three guys are fantastic too. Uh, Matt Fink and and Bobby Z and and Mark Brown, aka Brown Mark, are are both great. So so for my last slot, I thought I had to get I, I should get more contemporary. I thought about there's a there's a great uh, kind of a punk pop trio uh, quartet of uh, female from 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 Spain called Heinz that I saw at South by Southwest one year. They were great. I thought about the White Stripes. I thought about Larkin Poe, who who Buff has talked about, but I deferred to my daughter for my fifth, for my fifth pick. Uh, and uh, so my fifth pick is uh, this this act that I'm just now getting into, and it's called Boy Genius all one word lowercase and boy genius is kind of a super group of young female alternative singer songwriters um the, the their names julian baker phoebe bridgers and lucy dacus all of whom have solo careers all of whom are 25 or under they got together and wow. made made an ep uh under the name boy genius and it's it's uh it's really, really good. And I've just, like I said, I've just started to listen to them and, and, uh, it's, you know, it's not rock. It's not the kind of rock and roll that we usually listen to and talk about, but it's kind of like, you know, wanting to have a nice light gin and tonic after drinking 12 or 13 IPAs in a row, you know, it just, you, you <laughs> just, you just want to have a little break every once in a while. And these, these young women are extremely talented. They all write, they all play, they all sing, and it's, it's really worth checking out. So those are my five. Excellent list. Well, Excellent. Cool. Cool. Pretty cool. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I've tried to avoid like the, the bigger, huger mainstream bands like the, the when you mentioned this last week, but the very first thing I thought of is, you know, like bands like Fleetwood Mac and and yeah. you know the, uh, but no man, I, I like everybody's list and, and I like that it, it it covered it covered all the points on the spectrum and uh, yeah, and all those were some great choices. I especially like Jim's choice of the Revolution. I didn't even think of them. I didn't either, and I got to say. Uh, and well, he has, just sucked all the damn oxygen out of the room, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, and, and, right. But anyway, go ahead, Pat. Sorry. Well, I, 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 as is always the case, 
you, Buff, you, you, you force us to make very, very difficult decisions. And it just kind of killed me to not mention the Cocteau Twins and also my bloody Valentine. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing that nobody is, the elephant in the room, okay, is that we didn't, uh, none of us mentioned any of the great 60s groups like the Supremes, Martha and the Vandellas, right, right. all of those bands like that. But, you know, it's, uh, I guess it's because it's generational. We're all of a certain generation. I mean, I like a lot of that stuff, of course, but it's uh, it's I not the first thing. I, that I considered on. some of that, but though, and and uh, like Jim, the way he put, you know, uh, he self-imposed parameters. So did I, yeah. and they had to. Be, it had to be it had to be a, a musical group, not just a vocal group. And 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 uh, so even the Divinals, you know, that was a, lead singer was a female, but they played their own stuff and the and the groups you're talking about. Because I, I did think about the Supremes and the Dixie Cups and uh, you know, but uh, but they were they were just vocal groups. I mean, not to test to be disqualifying, but for this, it wasn't. That's something different. Yeah, that's kind of that was kind of my attitude as well. Is that that you know that's a whole nother ball of wax. Those right. quote unquote I, I, yeah, right, quote unquote right. girl I mean, groups. Uh, and, it seems like you know, we were we were both trying to, or we we're all three trying to, or all four trying to think of a little less canonical. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right, yeah. right. Yep, and, for I, sure. And, and, uh, and like everybody else's list, I was I was trying to pick. Uh, I was trying to pick groups that, that were kind of ensemble and where the, the uh, female member made a solid contribution to mm-hmm. the overall ensemble as opposed to, well, they did right. the vocals. Right, right. Not that there's anything wrong with just doing no, the vocals. No, no, not at all. But, 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 I mean, but you know, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's, I that's what I was doing. That's why I and share. Yeah. Yeah, well, all right. You guys always write your own rules. That's great. The uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, and so I picked Blondie. I don't care. I still picked Blondie, but oh, you know Blondie. I could have picked Evanescence because she plays the piano really well too, Amy. But um, and I I don't you know I came close. I came close. The only one I knew last week I had to put on the list was Fanny because when I had interviewed uh on my uh YouTube channel and I interviewed um. The photographer Linda Wolf that did the uh, Mad Dogs and Englishmen, she also had a, a period of time in the early '70s where she was the official photographer for the band Fanny. So she does. There's they sell a book on their website of uh, Linda's photos of them, which is quite interesting. In fact, they also on their website they do a uh, podcast and talk about you know the heyday of the band and they talk about what the songs mean and all kinds of stuff. So they still have kind of a huge following around the world, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, and, and, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and Jim, uh, your list, you, you didn't, uh, you didn't consider bands where, uh, like the, the woman was just like, if she only played like the drums or bass or something like that was not, Oh, you, you, oh. Oh crap! I gotta say something. I gotta say something. I'm I'm not gonna well, be able to. I was to gonna it. bring up the baseball project. Go ahead. Oh, Linda Pittman on drums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, nah, yeah. I, she's a monster. Man. 
Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt, but I got to mention Mo Tucker from the Velvet Underground, or I'm not going to be able to sleep there tonight. Again. There yep. you go, man. And and I didn't even think of uh, the Talking Heads because had I thought of that, Tom Tom Club would have made my list. You know? Yeah. Well, there you go. That's good. Well, uh, since that one was so easy, next week's topic will be something <laughs> hard. Uh, then probably I'm not going to pre-make a list like I did this week. Oh, you probably have it. You probably already have it in your head. I'll wait and see what Pat does. The greatest, <laughs> uh, greatest guitar players of any style of all time. Oh man! Oh, I like this already, man. Any style, anything yeah, from your Django Reinhardt to your Chet Atkins to your Jimi okay. Hendrix. Anything. I, not only already, I not only already have my list, I already have all y'all's lists. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and email them to y'all. Yeah, so. please do. Uh, we won't have to worry about it. Um, we, can ju- we can just keep rolling. We could do the next week's show right now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, the um, Okay, well, uh, who's going to pick Link Gray? <laughs> you are. Okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I may pick Bill Kirchin. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I don't know him. He's, yeah, he's he's a heck of a guy. Great player. He's a badass. He's a badass. Yeah, all you got to do here, Hot Rod Lincoln Live, where he does all the guitar mm-hmm. impressions. <laughs> so oh, that good. Version, that version that he does of uh, of uh, Pinball Lizard, but he does it to the chords of. Uh, uh, pull some prison prison prison. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Well, um, I, I, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up now. We've, uh, we've. Damn, we set... finished early today, man. Uh, not at all, not at all. Um, <laughs> we almost the, always go two hours. The first <laughs> half, the first. Oh well, no. With everything <laughs> added on, it'll be like an hour and a half. Believe it or not. So. Uh, oh, I got to jump in for a station bake real quick. Station support bank. for this program is brought to you by Bandero Tequila. Bandero no, Tequila. It's no, it's, no, it's, it's not. It's, no, it's no, not. It's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, we issue coming to terms. Support for this program is brought to you by Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. They're not mezcal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're not mezcal. So if you find a worm in your Pillsbury grass roll, do not eat it. Ain't supposed to be. Ashley's support from this program is brought to you by Billy Beer. That's right, Billy Beer. If you've still got a six pack and you open a can and drink it, I'll give you ten dollars. I don't have a six pack, but I have a can of it somewhere. <laughs> I have a six pack. Autographed. Yeah. Autographed by. Billy, wow! How ex- how exciting is that? Uh, see, uh, for people who collect just way too much crap. All right, folks. Thanks again to everybody, and thank you to Billy, Pat, and Jim. And uh, we're gonna go out today with a record uh, from one of the bands from my list, a group called Fanny, and from their 1971 album Charity Ball. We're going to play Soul Child, and we will be back with you next week. Say bye, guys. See you all next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Don't worry.
Well, all right now. How about that? That's some good stuff, man. The band Fanny, the all-girl band Fanny, one of the very first uh, all-female bands. Fanny from their 1971 album Charity Ball, the song called Soul Child. I want to uh, say thank you to Billy Eli, Jim Hemphill, and Patrick Beach for doing the program every week with me. I very much enjoy it. Um, if you want to write to us about the radio or the magazine, we welcome your letters. Uh, write to kudzumag at yahoo.com. Be sure you spell it K-U-D-Z-O-O-M-A-G. Kudzumag at yahoo.com. And remember that the program is brought to you by the Boxmasters, the rock and roll band out of California with uh, Billy Bob Thornton on drums and vocals and uh, co-writes most uh, pretty much all the songs with J.D. Andrew. And it's always good, but I tell you, this Light Rays album that's coming out may be their best ever. It features three or four. Four uh, singles have been released already. Satellite Guy, Breathe Easy, Light Rays, and this week they released Learn to Be, another great song. So be sure and pick up the Boxmasters album when it comes out. It's coming out soon. It'll be on vinyl, CDs, and downloads. So uh, order it in advance and have it come to you. Go to theboxmasters.com for more information. Program is also brought to you as usual, as always, by the fine folks at Springer Mountain Farms who have fresh chicken, responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, and no animal byproducts ever. Healthy chicken. Get more information or order online and have it delivered to your door. SpringerMountain.com, SpringerMTN.com. Springer Mountain Chicken is not only healthier, but it tastes really, really good. Well, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of the Kudzu Radio Hour, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll uh, come back and hear us next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks, guys. <laughs>